It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. It is Pushing the Limits. Thank you so much for joining us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, our Facebook fan page, of course, the FMAM dial and the Occupy Democrats Network. I ask all of you, if you're a fan of this show, you want to support what we do here, then uh, go on Occupy Democrats and click that subscribe button there. It's only $5 a month, a cup of coffee, and uh, you're going to get extra content from yours truly. So please uh, do that if you can. We appreciate it. And we have a big show lined up for you today. Uh, a man who was the press secretary... For Donald Trump. Yes, that's right. Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch himself, who now says that he will do everything in his power to make sure Donald Trump is not reelected and and does not get back into the White House. He's going to be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. He's going to talk to us a little bit about that and why he's supporting Joe Biden. So really looking forward to talking to him. The faces of the Republican Party, ladies and gentlemen, as I wake up this morning, Donald Trump is on the stand. And the judge in the E. Jean Carroll case says that Mr. Trump inserted his fingers into the private area of E. Jean Carroll. And this is the front runner and the face of the Republican Party. So for all you evangelical Christians out there, you're supporting a liable rapist. And while all this stuff is going on, Peter Navarro was just sentenced to four months in jail. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, for contempt of Congress after defying a subpoena related to the congressional investigation into January 6th. In fact, the judge overseeing the case said, I guess what bothers me ultimately is that here we are after a year and a half plus, and you still want to suggest to me that this is a political prosecution. Sounds exactly like Donald Trump, doesn't it? I'm the victim. It's political prosecution. It's the Democrats. It's the Joe Biden DOJ. When everything was Navarro's doing himself because he refused to testify. Why? Because he certainly had something to do with what took place on that day on January 6th. And now somebody else who wears the Donald Trump knee pads is going to go to jail. I don't care how many times, you know, he appeals this. Navarro is going to spend some time in jail, just like Michael Cohen did and all these other people, convicted felons like the Roger Stones out there who Donald Trump had to pardon. And by the way, It's exactly why George Santos, who was supposed to be on this show this week, canceled on me because George Santos wasn't allowed to leave D.C., but he was spotted in New Hampshire the other day. What was he doing there? Well, he wants a pardon from Donald Trump, and he's begging that Donald Trump, if elected or reelected, will pardon him because George Santos is another one that is going to jail. The faces of the Republican Party going to jail. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of the faces of the Republican Party, Charlie Kirk is one of the big talking heads of the Republican Party. Charlie Kirk, as I've said it before and I've said it again, Mr. GED Charlie Kirk, who has no education, who is a blatant racist. I say it time and time again, and people tell me, Brian, what are you talking about? Where's your evidence that Char- that uh, Charlie Kirk is a racist? Well, he proved it once again yesterday on his stupid podcast. Here is Charlie Kirk 
on his own podcast explaining why he would be so uncomfortable to see a black person as a pilot flying a plane that he was in. And that's why I think this United story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane when the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like, I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit before we took off. And I feel better now. Thank you. No, I mean, about like, that. you want to go thought crime? Like, I'm sorry. If I see a black pilot, I'm going to be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. Well, well, that's the you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have. You no, wouldn't have done that not, before. That's not an immediate. No, you wouldn't that's have done that before. That's not who I am. That's no. not what I believe. It is the reality the left has but created. I, I, it is the reality the left has created. That's not who I am. Charlie Kirk just said, if he sees a black pilot, the first thing that would enter his mind is, geez, he might not be qualified. That is the definition of racism. Does any normal human being think like that? Now, I know if you ask Charlie Kirk, what he would say is, well, that's what the Democrats are doing because they're just hiring people in positions just because they're black and they may not be qualified. Absurd and ridiculous. The idea that you could be that stupid, the idea that you could be that ignorant and be that much of a racist turd that you would think that airlines out there are hiring pilots that might not be qualified to fly a plane because they're black. The idea that anybody could just think like that is mesmerizing to me. Charlie Kirk proving again in real time that he is a blatant racist and he is one of the biggest talking heads, media personalities, for lack of a better term, of the Republican Party. Imagine if a Democrat said something like that. Imagine if a big media personality on the left made a statement like that. Sean Hannity would be leading with it. Laura Ingram would be leading with it. Charlie Kirk seems to get, get a pass from the right. The guy who is in the forefront of the organization Turning Point, which is, by the way, a joke of an organization, is telling everybody. Imagine what he says behind closed doors in private, when in public, on a podcast, in front of a microphone, says that every time he sees a black pilot, the first thing that enters his mind would be, boy, that guy might not be qualified because he's black. Oh, why? Oh, because of the Democrats. Can you get any more ignorant, ladies and gentlemen, than Charlie Kirk? It's just absolutely disgusting and despicable. Oh, but it doesn't end there, ladies and gentlemen. While their go-to guy, the orange turd, took the stand today and the judge reiterating the sexual assault and the rape that he committed... And Charlie Kirk, a talking head, is talking about how he doesn't trust black pilots because they might not be qualified. And while Peter Navarro just was sentenced to four months in jail, Arizona Republican Party chair Jeff DeWitt, who's another idiot, was caught on a secret recording trying to bribe Carrie Lake to not run for Senate. Too bad she didn't accept. And Donald Trump. You know, just in New Hampshire, celebrating his victory. And I want you to hear this audio because it's audio of somebody in the crowd chanting out a QAnon slogan. Slogan of a group that's deemed a domestic terror threat while Donald Trump is smiling. He's smiling and nodding. And then he promises to release people who engaged in domestic terror on January 6th. Have a listen to this. Where we go, what we go, oh! 
Unbelievable. Where we go one, we go all. A QAnon slogan, a domestic terror threat group, and Trump is nodding and smiling, and then some moron MAGA buffoon, deplorable, release the January 6th. Boy, I, I thought this was the law and order party, ladies and gentlemen. But apparently, if you're a domestic terrorist... Just free them all as long as they're a MAGA supporter. And Donald Trump says, oh, we will. It still doesn't end there because now Matt Gates is under investigation again. Yes, Mr. DUI Venmo, Matt Gates is under investigation. And the news broke yesterday about Matt Gates and Jake Tapper and CNN share it with all of you. Sources say that the House Ethics Committee investigating Republican Congressman Matt Gates of Florida has now reached out to the U.S. Justice Department and to a woman with whom the congressman allegedly had sexual relations when she was 17 years old. Elections that Congressman Gates denies. We should note, Congressman Gates has never been charged with any wrongdoing here. CNN's Paula Reed has this exclusive reporting. Paula, what, what have we learned? So, Jake, we've learned that the House Ethics Committee investigating Congressman Gates has done a new round of outreach to potential witnesses, including a woman who was still 17 years old when she allegedly had sexual contact with Congressman Gates. We learned they have also reached out to the Justice Department, asking for materials from its years-long investigation into the congressman, where they examined these allegations of possible sexual contact with a minor, along with other crimes. But as you noted, they did not ultimately opt to charge the congressman. So let's review, ladies and gentlemen, the face of the Republican Party, the leader of what I call now the MAGA Klan Party, took the stand today. And a jury already found that uh, he committed sexual abuse. The judge characterized it as rape, as I would as well. We have Peter Navarro, who was just sentenced to four months in prison. Rudy Giuliani, who's probably going to go to jail, who's broke. The My Pillow idiot has no money. Everybody that has surrounded themselves around Donald Trump, it seems, is now flipping on him and testifying against him, Meadows and others. You have Charlie Kirk, a talking head for the right, saying he doesn't trust black pilots because he thinks they were hired because they were black and they might not be qualified to fly the airplane. You have a guy trying to pay off Carrie Lake in hopes that she doesn't run for senator. <laughs> you have Donald Trump nodding and smiling to QAnon slogans, saying he will release all those that were already convicted in a court of law on January 6th. You have Matt Gates that is now under investigation again. Mr. DUI Venmo, Matt Gates, who allegedly likes them very, very young, under the age of 18, allegedly. And for once in her life, Kaylee McEnany is actually telling this truth. It's, it's just a moment or two before Donald Trump calls her milk toast again. But Kaylee McEnany is actually said on Fox News that New Hampshire was actually a good night for Joe Biden, and she's actually making some sense and telling the truth. This was actually a fairly good night for Joe Biden. When you look at our voter analysis, only 10% said, I would not vote for Joe Biden if he's the nominee. He won a plurality of voters who said he was too old. He won a majority of voters who are upset about the Gaza war. So the divides in the Democrat Party, and this is a small sample size, but perhaps aren't as stark as one would think, but when you look at the Republican Party, 7 in 10 Nikki Haley voters said, 
I would not vote for Trump. There was a Des Moines Register poll, 43% said, no, I wouldn't vote for Trump. If I'm Trump, I sit back and I exclusively focus on the general election. I take the posture of a presumptive nominee. I focus on number one, uniting the party, and number two, winning the independence, which Nikki Haley won 55 to 39%. That's what I would do. Nikki Haley, I mean, the closest margin is 30% in the states ahead. For all intents and purposes, he's the presumptive nominee. I mean, it pains me to say this. Because Kaylee McEnany has literally zero credibility. She lied up there in press conferences for Donald Trump on a daily basis. But Kaylee is 100% correct. It was a good night for Joe Biden. And we're going to talk to Anthony Scaramucci about this coming up here at the bottom of the hour. You cannot lead me to believe that moderate Republicans, independents like myself, are going to be voting for Donald Trump. And those that didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2020 are all of a sudden going to be saying, you know what? I don't think I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. I think I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. It ain't going to happen. And Ron DeSantis is echoing that same sentiment that Republicans should be worried because there's a lot of moderates and a lot of independents and even Nikki Haley people that will not vote for Donald Trump. That's a problem for the Republican Party. You know what else is a problem for the Republican Party? The noisemakers. Three-toe, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes, she was asked yesterday about those Nikki Haley supporters that are turning on Donald Trump. This, in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the main reasons why the Republicans almost never win the popular vote. Listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene and what she said about these Nikki Haley supporters. Uh, This is a true change for the Republican Party. It says that not only do we support President Trump, we support his policies. And any Republican that isn't willing to adapt these policies, we are completely eradicating from the party. So it's up to Nikki Haley uh, what she does. Listen to what Marjorie Taylor Greene said. It's alienating their own people, their own voters. It's the same reason why Carrie Lake didn't win the governorship, thank God, out of Arizona. Do you remember when she offended those John McCain supporters? Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing the exact same thing to the Nikki Haley supporters. There is a large percentage of the Nikki Haley supporters that will not vote for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump continues his hate rhetoric against them. This is what happens. I'm going to open up the phone lines here before Anthony Scaramucci joins us in about 15 minutes. And I want to ask you all this question. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, what do you make about the Republican Party, the faces of the party today, the legal troubles that they are facing? Donald Trump, according to the judge, a rapist, a jury finding sexual abuse. You have Matt Gates that is under investigation for possibly having sex with an underage girl. Charlie Kirk saying he doesn't trust a black person flying a plane because he feels like they might not be trained enough. Number to call 702-221-7283. We'll take a few phone calls here before we get to Anthony Scaramucci coming up here in about 10, 15 minutes. Again, that number to call if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Let's start off with Jeff. Jeff is first up on Pushing Limits. Hello, Jeff. Brian, how you doing, my friend? Doing good, Jeff. Uh, Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Well, you remember me. I'm the teacher, dude. I talked to you a few weeks ago, and... uh, I'm calling uh, to get your uh, impressions on John Stewart coming back to the, the Daily Show. I I posted on my Facebook page, John Stewart TDS, and everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people are thinking TDS. 
That's Trump derangement syndrome. No, you morons. It's the Daily Show. Well, you know what? When somebody, uh, I like John Stewart. I think he's a very talented guy, very intelligent, and it's done some really some good for a lot of people. Um, in regards to Trump derangement syndrome, because I would like to address that. Uh, when people say I have Trump derangement syndrome, I say they have TFS, Trump fellatio syndrome. In fact, I think the, <laughs> the ones that are, uh, you know, they wear the MAGA clothes. And when Donald Trump said, if you know, if I shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, they would still vote for me. Those are the people that are in a cult. And those are the people that have Trump derangement syndrome. Not somebody like me that separates fact from fiction. Not somebody like me that will call out the obvious and what a despicable human being Donald Trump is. Not, you know, somebody like me who just gives you the facts on the economy, not fiction. I mean, we had a guy on yesterday uh, who does a conservative talk show, and I gave him all the facts on the economy. And his response to me was, well, that's not what people are feeling. Well, you know what? I know a lot of people that walk on a sidewalk and they don't believe the earth is round. They believe the earth is flat, too. That's what they feel. So is that what we should go by, what we feel? It's the facts. And while there are people out there that are struggling... The fact of the matter is, is that NASDAQ is at all-time highs. The fact of the matter is, is that unemployment rate is at an uh, all-time low. It's been in over 50 years. Money, jobs, the economy, inflation has been on its way down. Gas prices have been on their way down for the last 18 months. But if you tell that to a Republican who supports Trump, they'll say, well, that's not really what people are feeling. That's their response. And, you know... Joe Biden needs to echo that. Joe Biden needs to be aggressive with his record because he can certainly run on his record. And the Republicans. Well, I, I got. Go ahead. Yeah, I got that. And, you know, frankly, I'm thinking, you know, Biden gets reelected and he should step down in year to hand it over to Kamala. But that's another story. My big thing today is, you know, getting Trump, Trump Finskin roasted over a TDS uh fire on Mondays, yeah. getting Mooch to go on the show. And actually, I want to just let, let one other personality in, in your ear, Randy Rainbow. You familiar? I am not. No, I'm not. I don't know. Who oh, dude, go to YouTube or he's on Facebook, too, and look okay. up Randy Rainbow. I will look him up. This I, guy I, I will do that. Is He is a parodist. I, is that a word? He does <laughs> these hilarious parodies. He is totally... Uh, eviscerated Trump Ovinskin a number of times. I, and check it, dude. I will. Last, I will check it word, out. I'll, yep. I'll shut up and let you go and give me 10 more seconds. Sure. He's running for president only so he'll get more YouTube hits. I'm trying to be his vice president. Yep. He's coming to Portland yep. in, on February 2nd. If anybody, yep. I, you know, look me up on Facebook, Jeff Cooper. I, I'll say I this. I want to go. In closing, dude, you, you, uh, you thank you. Uh, you know, I gave you 15 seconds, and that's about 12 seconds longer <laughs> than uh, Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump lasted in the bedroom. So <laughs> I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, sir. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Uh, the MAGA resident is up next. Let's go to Julie, who's next up on Pushing Limits. Hello, Julie. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, Julie. What's on your mind today? Okay. Uh, do you really think that we have to party uh, D.C.? Do you think it really exists a Republican Party and a Democratic Party? I'm sorry. What's do you your, think so? What's your question? Repeat. Do you think, do you think that Repo there is a Republican Party? 
Do you believe that there is a Republican Party? Because I am a Trump supporter, but I don't believe that we have a Republican Party. Okay, well, I don't know what you. I don't know. I don't know what you. Illusion of choice. I don't know what you mean by that. I don't don't know. That is the only a unipart. There's a Republican chair. There are R's. I don't understand your question. There are R's. My opinion. What are you talking about? In my opinion. In my opinion, there is no Republican Party. It's a uniparty. The clan is it a is it a is it a clan party? What is it? Illusion. Okay. Do you remember George Carlin, the comedian? Yeah, I'm 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 still confused and and uh, baffled by your question. Confused. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Of course, there's a Republican Party. There's a Republican Party and there's a Democrat Party. Republican Party. I don't know Republican Party. That's an illusion. Well, it's a MAGA party. You're right. You're right. It is an illusion. No, no, no. It's an illusion of choice. We okay. have a unipart in this country. Okay, Both I, parties are working for the World Economic Forum Nazi Club. In case you don't know. All right, well, let me ask you a question, Nazi Julie. Uh, since you're... Global Julie, Germany. Julie, when was the last time you voted for a Democrat? I never vote for a Democrat. Okay, so life. you only vote one side of the aisle your whole life, and you're the one that's calling in preaching that, you know, we really don't have a Republican I, I, Party. The only Democrat that I like, the right. only Democrat that I like is mm-hmm. uh, uh, Robert Kennedy. Oh, so you like it? And the Democrats, By the way, Robert the Robert 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 Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, the, the Democrats, the okay, Democrats, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Julie, Black. hang on, Julie, hang on. First of all, Robert Kennedy was assassinated many years ago. You're talking about Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. Number one, and number two, I am. I got to be honest with you. I am so shocked that a staunch right wing MAGA supporter. Would also, the only Democrat they like is a conspiracy theorist in Robert F. Kennedy. You're not alone because Steve Bannon and the racist Charlie Kirk would agree with you because they like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as well. So I am just shocked that a MAGA supporter would support Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Let me ask you a question, uh, Julie, since you, you asked me one. And yes, I do believe there's a Republican Party. Um, what do you make of the fact today, speaking of the Republican Party, that your leader, the man as a, as a woman, the, Julie, I'm asking a question now, okay? The man that you support um, is a liable rapist. Charlie Kirk making racist statements about black pilots. Uh, Peter Navarro just sentenced to four months in jail. The Arizona Republican Party chair trying to pay off Carrie Lake so she doesn't run. What do you make of that? And Matt Gates now under investigation. Uh, what do you make of those people, Julie? Is it all George Soros? Okay. Okay, I'm okay. Let me let me let me ask. Let me speak. Okay, allow me to speak and don't disconnect the call. I just asked you. This, I asked you a question. Right, I'm waiting for an answer. To all the, okay, okay. I'm not going over the same thing with the rapist and the uh, sexual abuse. We went over that. Okay, we went over that. We went Already. over it. So I'm not going to repeat myself. Oh, so you don't want to know about. You don't want to talk about about okay. Charlie here. So you wanna? Do you wanna? Do you want my opinion on Charlie Kirk? Charlie Kirk has an opinion. Oh, okay. I have to respect his opinion. Okay, so let me ask you a question, Julie. You have to respect. So if I said, um, if I said all Donald Trump supporters are racist and bigots, would you respect my opinion? If I said an entire race of people were not qualified to be pilots, would you respect that opinion, Julie? Guess what, Julie? The difference between me, the difference between you and me is that I let me speak. Let me speak. The difference. Be- let me speak. Let, let me speak. Never, when you tell me that you respect a racist, 
That is who Charlie Kirk is. When you say on these airwaves that you respect somebody's opinion, when they say, when they see a black person as a pilot, they question whether that person is qualified. And you tell me that you respect that person's opinion, then you're probably a racist also. You never allow me to speak. I just shut up and I allowed you you to speak. Let me ask you this question. Oh, wow. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Do you choose your doctor based on race and ethnicity or do you go by review what is best for okay, you? Okay, I'll answer your question. I'll answer your question. Do you think airlines hire people that are not trained to fly planes, but they hire people because of the color of their skin, Julie? Is that what you think? They have been caught on camera saying that we don't need to Hire white people. Okay. First of all, Julie, Julie, I want you to pay attention to the question because clearly you're not. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Do you think that airlines are hiring black people to fly their planes that are not qualified to fly their planes? Do you think they would put all people in jeopardy? Answer the question. They were caught saying, do not hire white. First of all. They were not caught. When you say they, you are lying. That is number one. They were not caught. And there is no evidence to prove in any way, shape or form that the airlines are hiring people that are not qualified to fly their planes because they happen to be black. And the the, the fact of the matter is that you would, in a way, defend Charlie Kirk's statement says a lot about you. What did we learn in this MAGA phone call? That we have a MAGA supporter, a MAGA cultist, that is defending racist comments that Charlie Kirk made. We also have learned that a MAGA cultist, the only Democrat that she likes, is conspiracy theorist himself, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Folks, you cannot make this stuff up. You just can't. So here's what we are going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, the Mooch himself, Anthony Scaramucci, is going to be joining us. I will ask him about Charlie Kirk's comments. I will ask him about Donald Trump on the witness stand. I will ask him why he's supporting Joe Biden. I will ask him about Peter Navarro. We're going to ask the Mooch all these questions coming up next. So you're going to want to stick around. We'll be back in about 90 seconds. You're listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow, what a very busy news day. Donald Trump on the on the stand. 
in this uh, E. Jean Carroll case. We got Peter Navarro, who was just sentenced to four months in jail. Matt Gates under investigation again. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on. And we were just talking about Charlie Kirk's uh, ridiculously racist comments about pilots. Uh, what better person to talk about all these issues? Somebody who did serve in Donald Trump's administration. Not very long. He got out of there when he could and he was smart about it. Uh, and now he's putting his support behind Joe Biden. It is always a pleasure to be joined by the Mooch himself, Anthony Scaramucci, who joins us right now. Anthony, always a pleasure to see you, my friend. I appreciate the time. How you doing, sir? Great to be on with you as always. What what? The chickens are coming home to roost for all of these Trump acolytes. So Peter Navarro goes away. Uh, look for these other guys, though. Poor Rudy Giuliani. God only knows what will happen to him uh, between the libel cases and the Georgia insurrection case. And then, of course, Mr. Trump himself thinks he's going to escape justice uh, because his act, his voters are still voting for him. But, right. you know, he's not going to escape justice. Nobody escapes justice. Al Capone didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh John Gotti Jr., the original Teflon Don, didn't. And so Mr. Trump is up against it. And he knows it and we know it. And by the way, his uh, his performance in New Hampshire was terrible. Right. I mean, you you know he only got about 50% of the vote. That's of the Republicans. But mm-hmm. the more telling thing, Brian, was 70% of the Haley voters said under no circumstances would they vote for Donald Trump. Right. 43% of the Iowans, no circumstances. If you really study presidential electoral politics, you need the crossover voter from the opponent that you vanquished. Joe Biden got them from Buttigieg. He got them from Senator Warren. Uh, Hillary Clinton did not get them from Bernie Sanders. She lost. Barack Obama got them from Hillary Clinton. He won. Donald Trump is not going to get that voter. That voter he has exiled. Yep. Due to his criminal behavior. And Mooch, you're right. And I know uh, Ron DeSantis sort of, and I know we're both not big fans of Ron DeSantis, that's for sure. But Ron DeSantis has kind of echoed what you're saying. Let me ask you this. Now, I know you pretty well. You've been doing this show for a while. But you've made some national headlines, maybe people don't, that don't know you so well. And you've you've been public about this. You've said, listen, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure Donald Trump doesn't get back into the White House. And you've put your yeah. support behind Joe Biden. Can you explain to the listeners why? Well, first of all, uh, you know, Joe Biden has not really done much to hurt the country. Uh, He has fortified the alliance. The stock market is doing well. Uh, Joe Biden's two weaknesses, in my opinion, are the border. He's got to get his arms around that because Mm -hmm. the people are frustrated, Republicans and Democrats. And I think the second weakness is a more minor one, is that he's got these uh, he's got a regulatory jihad going on as it relates to the fintech space, the blockchain and cryptocurrency. And I think they're underlooking the fact that there's over 50 million Americans that own crypto. And if they're this nasty towards crypto, people do vote with their wallets. Trump is no dummy. He's already talking about the CBD, uh, you know, no central bank currencies and this right. sort of thing. But but the real reason, above all of that semantical reason, is that I'm a patriot. I love my country. And Donald Trump represents a wreckage of the democratic institutions of the United States. Take him at his word. He wants to be a dictator. He has said that. He's pointed to these think tanks that are working on ideas to expand executive power. He has said that. He says he wants to use the Department of Justice to openly and actively persecute his political adversaries. He's called for the shutdown of media networks 
that right. don't share his opinion politically mm-hmm. of different things. Right. So this is radicalism in the United States. What made the Shapiro family and the Scaramucci family mm-hmm. successful in the United States is a flat system. Right. A decentralized form of government. There's no aristocracy here. There's no autocracy. Uh, and we've all benefited from this. And this great American experiment, which has done reasonably to very well over 250 years, is because we have separations in power. The separations of power clauses in the U.S. Constitution protect us. And here's two things that I've learned in my 60 years on planet Earth. Number one, we do not do well with power. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. You get power. It goes to your head. You act like a complete idiot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And men more than women, by the way. And then number two, uh, we don't do that well with money. You know, we, we have a tendency to go crazy with the money. So so the founders understood this stuff and they flattened the system. Trump is the first person since Jefferson Davis. And just to remind everybody who Jefferson Davis was, he was the president of the Confederacy. Right. He is the first person since Jefferson Davis that wants to challenge the institutions of what America stands for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of hypocrisy going because the Supreme Court could put him down in a moment. Sure. He he has met the test for the 14th Amendment to be banned from the presidential ballot. Right. He, these hypocrites at, at the Supreme Court are supposed originalists where they're supposed to originally interpret the Constitution as conservatives. This is going to be like a Olympic gymnastics session, mm-hmm. verbal gymnastics from these people keep Trump on the ballot. I want to ask you this, Anthony, because the he's other a, day, criminal, Brian. Oh, no question. I, I, I absolutely. No, he's, he's, he's facing not, 91 no. felony counts. We know that he's a criminal and he's, he's, he's going to be a convicted felon. What did you make of the other day? You got Tim Scott standing behind him with that smirk on his face and Vivek Ramaswamy. And it was the reason why Tim Scott became a Senator because of Nikki Haley. And then you have Tim Scott out there when Trump is basically saying again, he won the 2020 election and these guys, they, they stand behind them and they smile. They think it's funny. What do you make of that? Well, listen, you know, I, I have to say this, it doesn't reflect well on me. I held my nose at a lot of things that Trump was saying in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I made that decision because I thought he, there were two choices, a Republican and a Democrat. And so I held my nose uh, and it was my ego also talking. I wanted to help him. I wanted to work for the American president. You know, I grew up in a blue collar family. I built some successful businesses. And it was my pride and my ego talking uh, that caused me to lend my support to him and eventually go work for him. And so I see that in these people. Now, I was run over by a bus. Mark Esper, the secretary of defense, run over by a bus. Uh, General Milley, the uh, joint chief of staff run over. I can give you 19 or 20 other cabinet members that were run over by Donald Trump, who just doesn't have any executive management skills and has no concept of loyalty. So I look at Tim Scott and I see somebody that's about to get run over. I can explain why he's standing there because unfortunately, and again, it doesn't reflect well on me. I once stood in that position. Mm. Chris Christie once stood in that position. Right. And what you'll find about power and what you'll find about these things is that you, these people, despite the track record of running over everybody, they'll always find somebody to stand next to them. You know, and, and you have to remember something, okay? 
Haley is not polling in South Carolina. And Scott is a senator from South Carolina. Yes, he was appointed by Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. but he's a politician. And so he's not going to go against the guy that's leading. Moreover, the governor of South Carolina endorsed Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And South Carolina is a wood chipper for conservative orthodoxy. If you're not meeting the purity test of what they perceive, they put you in the wood chipper down there. And so Tim Scott doesn't want to go into the wood chipper. Uh, Lindsey Graham doesn't want to go into the wood chipper. You know, and so these people, they know that Trump is a disgusting guy. I was with Tim Scott at Mitt Romney's event in Park City, Utah, a year and a half ago. And he was waxing about the disaster that is Donald Trump. Now he's standing behind him with that goofy grin. So if you don't take that as evidence of why the American people are so cynical about their politicians, I mean, it's prima facie. Yeah, but, you know, Mooch, speaking of the Republican Party, you know, you got, as we mentioned, Navarro going to jail for four months. Uh, You got Donald Trump on the stand earlier today for what would be perceived as certainly uh, sexual abuse, and the judge labeled it as rape. You got one of the biggest talking heads of the Republican Party, which is Charlie Kirk, saying he doesn't trust black people flying his plane because they might not be qualified. You've got Matt Gates that's under investigation again. I mean, to me, the the far right MAGA Republicans they're 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 in shambles right now. I mean, what do you make of everything also, that's going on? They're also hypocrites. I mean, look, they're also hypocrites. You know? Yeah. So, so first of all, I think what Charlie is saying is insane. But again, I want to explain it to your listeners and viewers because they need to understand the insanity that is red meat for the people that Charlie is trying to curry favor in front of. Right. The DEI movement, which has gone a little sideways, uh, is being blown to pieces by guys like Charlie Kirk because he, he wants to say that it's reverse racism and that a black person in that role isn't qualified to be the pilot. They got the job because they're black and that it's a form of tokenism. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that is literally red meat, red meat for his base. Now that is obviously Mm. a disgusting thing to say. It's a racist thing to say, and it's racially charged. Uh, But he's also going to point out to people that the affirmative action The school admissions process has been rebuked by the Supreme Court. And, you know, the national pastime, Brian, isn't baseball. It's hypocrisy because those elite universities for years, if your grandpa or your dad went to that elite university and your family gave money to that elite university, guess what? You ended up going to that elite university. You didn't have to have the highest IQ. You ended up getting in there. Yeah. And so, so. The notion that we tried to even the playing field with affirmative action was a sign of American fairness. So right. this is why Charlie Kirk is out to lunch. And yet, but yeah, it, we just finished because sure. what these guys do they take a kernel of truth, yep, and they spin it up into this big milkshake frap, and they get their constituents to drink this garbage. Right. The kernel of truth is there have been a few cases. Okay, just like there are dunces. In legacies that get into Harvard, the sure. complete cases. There have been a few cases where, uh, through good intentions, uh, employment or activity like that hasn't worked. And he he's 
he's wrong. You know, you need that diversity. You need that equity and inclusion. Not only does it make the society fairer, but it creates much broader Mm -hmm. American dream-like opportunity in the country. And that's exactly what we want. We want a larger aspirational laboratory for the United yeah, States. I agree. So Mooch, uh, if you're just joining us, Anthony Scaramucci, Mooch, uh, two part question. Who do you think Donald Trump chooses as his vice president? And who do you think he should choose as his vice president? All right. Well, he's definitely not choosing Nikki Haley. So we'll rule her out. Mm-hmm. No chance he goes with the Santis. Um, I'm going to say Ben Carson mm-hmm. is the guy that he ends up choosing. Um, but it might be Elise Stefanik, but I think it's right. going to be Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to choose somebody that's pliant to him. He's going to choose somebody that has never offended him. He's going to choose somebody that he's not worried about. And weirdly, uh, Mike Pence was a good choice for Trump because, you know, the fight started after the fact. But during the fact, Mike Pence was extremely loyal to him and extremely pliant. And he wasn't looking to showboat or outshine Mr. Trump. And so those are the qualifications. It's loyalty and downplaying their role and staying out of his way. Uh, It's a one-man Trump show. Uh, All power and all prestige and all accolades go to me. If you get on the stage for a second, I'm going to shoot you with a ray gun. Right. That's Donald Trump. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It seems to me like you're one of the few people that surrounded yourself around Donald Trump that didn't go to jail. You're not a convicted felon. You didn't have to be pardoned. You didn't file for bankruptcy. I mean, what do you make of literally God. all these people that surrounded themselves with Donald Trump, the Rudy Giuliani's of the world, you know, Meadows and, and all Sydney, all these people, practically Michael Cohen, that are either convicted felons or they, like I said, they filed for bankruptcy. I mean, he's a cancer, isn't he? He is. He has a tendency to eat your soul. He's somebody that can ruin your life. Uh, And he's also somebody that is a goalpost mover. So, you know, Brian, if you're loyal to me, you'll do X. Brian goes out and does X. Okay, that's great, Brian, but you, you did X, but now let's move it over to Y. And then let's move it over to Z and then double A. And before you know it, Brian is out here breaking laws and Brian's out here doing things that he shouldn't be doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And not you, Brian, God forbid. But the (laughs) point I'm making is that, you know, Rudy did that for him. Michael Cohen did that for him. Uh, Meadows uh, is going to get off only because he's going to be the chief witness against them. But he's right in there with him, Mm -hmm. um, which is why he's uh, so important to the case. And I'll just point out to your viewers and listeners, Mark Meadows is a white Southerner who was the head of the Freedom Caucus, and he was the former chief of staff. He's the chief witness on the insurrection case. It's not a Soros-appointed, democratically, politically inspired DA. This is a person, you know, the call's coming from inside the House, Brian. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. Trump, the call's coming from your chief of staff. He feels that you're an insurrectionist and you're a felon. And he's going to let the world know about that as soon as the case starts. Mm -hmm. Mooch, if Joe Biden picked up the phone today and asked you, number one, Mooch, will you campaign with me? And or if he's reelected, which we both believe he probably will be, he wanted you in his administration. Would you do both of those things? Would you consider that? Well, I would definitely campaign for him. And whether he asked me to do that or not, I will do that. I will provide media surrogacy for him. And I will 
uh, do a fundraiser for them. I'm already talking to some of the members of his team to do that. Uh, this is a call to patriotism over partisanship. This is a call to the institutions of America over policy. I may disagree with the president and his staff on a few things, big deal. They stand for the America that we grew up in. They stand for the democracy mm -hmm. and the institutions of the government. And I think this is a big message. Uh, viewers and listeners of Brian's show, you may not like me or you may like me, but you know what? We got to get together. No, we got to row the boat yeah. in the same. Uh, I'm sorry. I worked for Mr. Trump at one point in my <laughs> life, but the flip side of it is whatever pain it's caused me, it's given me this opportunity to have a platform and a profile to describe his malfeasance and describe his malevolent behavior. And so I would ask everybody to please, let's put aside our differences, whatever they may be. We have to row the boat together. And so, yes, I would campaign for him and raise money for him and give him money. Uh, going to work for him, you know, I got I got to be honest with you, my wife hates this stuff. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and I will tell you this, this is like a little bit of a joke. I always tease and say my wife hates Trump almost as much as Melania hates him. And that's like way the hell up here. <laughs> but I finally found somebody that hates Trump as much as Melania. Okay. That's General Milley. I mean, Mark Milley hates Trump as much as Melania. I, yeah. I was I was blown away. You know, I, I yeah. met with him in Davos. I was like, wow, I mean, you're right up there with Melania. I mean, my wife is like below that, you know. <laughs> what do you but make of that video, I Mooch? I wouldn't go work for him, but he would never ask me to go yeah. work for him. Yeah. Well, well speaking you know, I, I'm I'm not experienced. But I would say this, if the president offered me one more day in the White House, which it would give me an even dozen days, I am down for that. <laughs> I'll change the toner on the copy machines. I'll, you know, if I have to clean the latrine, I'm okay with that as well. I just yeah. sort of feel like 11 is a little bit of an odd number. <laughs> Go for 12. Yeah, I like that. Go for a dozen. What did you, speaking number, of, but I would like to round it out to a dozen if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, less serious question, Mooch, but I yeah. want to get your thoughts on this. You mentioned Melania Trump. Obviously sad, the passing of her mother. You know, we all yeah. agree on that. Well, what did you make? Nice sure. But what do you make of the video of, I'm sure you saw this, Melania going into the limo, her mother's funeral, and Melania brushing off her husband. I put that in quotation marks. And he goes yeah. into another car. I mean, what do you make of that alone? When, when people. You know, well, first of all, it's prima facie. She can't stand him. She does have a financial relationship with him. She's invited to that financial relationship. She didn't go to Washington because they were still negotiating that intramarital agreement as to what was going to be her role. And so she can't stand the guy and she has a right not to be able to stand the guy. He's been disgusting to her. He's been disrespectful and disgraceful. Uh, but, you know, she's Eastern European and she's committed to the marriage and he needs her for political purposes. And yeah. so they'll live separate lives. Uh you know, the Roosevelt's lived separate lives, Eleanor and Franklin. And, you know, it's it's workable, but mm -hmm. let's not pretend it's not happening. You right. Know, he, of course. Yeah, of course. He's, got, he's a very sordid and very sad, twisted individual. And let me tell you something, Brian, this has been a bad week for him. Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you mean? He won Iowa and New Hampshire. No, go look at the polling data. He's about to get destroyed in a general election. And he's likely to go to jail in the next 24 months. So he knows this. We know this. And I know the personality quite well. 
Uh, he is bombing right now. Mooch, I want I need to ask you about the economy because you're such a great numbers guy. And when P- Trumpers always say to me, uh, you know, Joe Biden's ruined the country, I give them the actual facts. And, and I want to get your yeah. thoughts on this unemployment as low as it's been in over 50 years. MAGA yeah. supporters want to say, well, those are COVID jobs. NASDAQ Wage. way up. You know a thing or two about the stock market. Yeah, but the wages are up, too. Right. You know, wages the, are the, up. Is, yeah. Inflation is coming down with the wages are up because right. supply chains reconnecting. But. People are bringing home more take-home pay. The energy prices are lowering. They're normalizing again. We're getting into a post-COVID normalization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's done a good job. He's passed a lot of legislation that's been good. He has tightened the NATO alliance, which is so necessary for peace and prosperity globally. Uh, I think the problem, though, and again, I always like to be honest on your show, is he's got two or three hot buttons that the MAGA crowd will press. Right. Hot button number one is the border. Hot number hot button number two is they really don't understand the Ukrainian conflict or even the Israeli conflict. The president has done a masterful job on both of those conflicts. And I, I think his administration has to do a better job of just explaining it to people. Yes. Um, but he's got to fix the border. He's got a disaster going on at the border. Um, he'll complain that he doesn't have enough judges and doesn't have enough agents. That's probably true. Right. The Republicans know they've got them now on the border, which is why they won't negotiate. They with won't them. fund I mean, it. Right. They won't fund it. And this is why McConnell is talking to Trump and Trump's telling them don't cut a deal because the border is going to be a big sore point in the election. And yeah. so I would just recommend to the Biden people to lay out for the American people what's happening. Agree. And to let them know that, hey, I'm trying to fix it. But the Republicans are playing politics. Right. And they're not allowing me to do what I need to do to fix it. If I can make one last point, study American history. When America is giving USAID money to places like Honduras and Guatemala mm-hmm. uh, and those places, we get less people at the border. We cut that aid. That's like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. We cut the aid. Okay, and so instead of spending a billion dollars in those countries on schools and helping people get educated and get jobs, we have a fifteen billion dollar problem at the border. Yeah, you know, and and but what, you know, you got guys like Rand Paul saying, "Oh, we can't give that money away." Hmm. What about the poor people in the U.S.? Hey, you got a problem. You got a cost benefit analysis. Spend two billion in their countries. They'll stay in their countries. They won't come for the border. Yeah, and Rand Paul, what a despicable human being he is. He's the same guy who voted against helping our brave men and women 9-11. You being a New Yorker, you know, you remember that, Bill. I mean, he's he's the absolute worst. Let me ask you about the communications team around Joe Biden. You being the former communications director, I don't think the messaging is aggressive enough. I don't think it's as good enough as it needs to be. What do you make of the current uh, you know, a communications secretary, what do you think she needs to do better, if anything? And do you agree with me that the messaging isn't as strong as it should be? Because I believe Joe Biden should uh, be running on his record. Oh, look, she would ne- she would never listen to me for all the obvious reasons. <laughs> but I I would tell her to close the briefing book. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think what happens is she gets to the podium and she's got the briefing book open and she's trying to look for the soundbite that fits the question. It's too transparent. It's too obvious. You know, you're a smart woman, Corinne. Close the book. Leave it in the office. Address the people to the best of your capability from the podium. Right. Uh, And I think there's too much anxiety going back to the briefing book. So that's number one. 
Uh, I think Kirby does a good job uh, when he when he comes in there and when he's speaking on behalf of the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. But they need a political person to get in there and to reinstate and reinforce the narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm a 50 plus year veteran of Washington. I'm an institutionalist. I've passed high quality legislation that's helping our infrastructure. I've helped to get the deficit tame and under control. I'm working with you and your families to bring down healthcare costs, including the insulin prices. Right. Uh, I've, 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 I've got a commitment to capitalism. Ergo, look at what's going on in the stock market and economic growth in the country. And I've also got a commitment to the institutions of the post-World War II order that have made the country safe and have made America very peaceful and very prosperous. And yeah. if he does that, he's going to destroy Trump. And remember, this country has changed demographically from 16 and 20. This beautiful, oh, yeah. colorful mosaic of the country mm-hmm. is once again morphed. By 2024 November, this is a different country than Trump got elected into. And Joe Biden's the incumbent, and he's got a good record to run on. And he'll beat the pants off, or to quote Joe Biden, he'll beat Donald Trump like a drum. Is there any chance that you, I know you're a lifelong Republican, that yeah. you either switch to being yeah. a Democrat or an independent? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm also, I'm, I'm Brian, I'm also a Met fan. I mean, you can't get any <laughs> more painful than being a Met fan. You know, what happens is you choose the team. <laughs> You know, it's like a Catholic marriage. You know, what am I going to do? <laughs> I I would change, but I can't change because I have to hope that we can reform that party or whatever the center right party is for the United States right. is a better version than the wrecking crew and the wreckage that we now have. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So I, do. I, I, would, do. I would change, but then you can't reform it. If I say I switch out of that party. I get it. Yeah. How, how are we going to make the bar? Like, I get you it. Do need, yeah. You do need a two party system. Yes. You do. You can't have one party because sure. that leads to tremendous amounts. I of get corrupt. it. I, I totally get it. I always, I'm not, I'm not changing, but boy, Tim Scott, Ugh. we are going to have to create like a hall of fame of hypocrites. <laughs> yes. Make bronze plaques for all these guys. <laughs> I like that. A hall of fame of, uh, boy, there's plenty of hypocrites on the far right. I always end the interview with you. Uh, by saying this, I, I know you're you're not running for office, uh, but if you did, I don't care what it was for. I would vote for you in a heartbeat. We need more Republicans yeah, like you in this country. First of all, sweet of you to say that. Okay, and I've said this to you before, and I'll say it to your viewers and listeners. I'm I'm running for re-election of my marriage. Okay, I'm just trying to stay married. Okay, and my wife has like a castration policy. You know what I mean? I mean the bad things can happen. You know, you understand? Marry Italian, you marry Italian women. Now I'm going to get yes. in trouble with some of your viewers. You, Sleep with one eye open, man. <laughs> Mooch. You know, you sent me a video. I believe it was your daughter. She's quite the musician, and oh, thank you. Yes. and I and I can't. I know you, you're going to be coming out to Vegas here at some point in the near future. I would love to have yeah. both of you in studio. Your beautiful daughter is extremely talented. I listened to oh, some I of her music. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's played Christine and Fan of the Opera in Europe. She's been. Uh, Andrea Bocelli's soprano accompaniment. She's doing quite well with That's her career. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not surprised. A nice person on top of all that. So this nice. I have five kids, 
four of which are sons. So who do you think oh, my wow. favorite is? <laughs> Daddy's <laughs> little girl. My four sons know well, that every day. I would, I would love up about it. Love to have both of you in studio. It'd be an honor whenever you come out to Vegas. Uh, hit me up and let me know, Anthony. I always appreciate it when you take the oh, time to do the show, great, and the viewers love it as well. So thank you. Big pleasure to be on. God bless. Happy New Year. I know Thanks, it's a late to say that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> off to a good start. Thanks, Mooch. God be bless. safe. Have, have a good week. I appreciate you. Thanks Anthony, you, thank you. Anthony Scaramucci, everybody, the Mooch. I love this guy. I really do. I always have. Uh, and by the way, his daughter is extremely talented, really good musician. Uh, he sent me some of her music. She's really good. Um, we need more Republicans like Anthony Scaramucci. I agree. He is a patriot. He's doing the right thing. Um, and I probably, you know, Mooch is, is a moderate Republican. Um, I wouldn't characterize him anywhere near like a Liz Cheney on policy stuff, but like Liz Cheney, like Mitt Romney, like Adam Kinzinger, Republicans with decency, the Mooch and Chris Christie, I'll put him in that category as well. And Joe Walsh, who does the show all the time. These are Republicans who are decent, good Americans. They're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And once in their lifetime, some of them, they supported Donald Trump. Anthony Scaramucci worked for Donald Trump, even though it was only 11 days, but he got out of there. And these are decent, good people. And these types of good Republicans need to get together with Democrats and make sure. And that's what the Mooch is doing. And I respect the hell out of him for this, doing everything he can, as he said, to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't get back into the White House. And I love him for doing that. And I respect the fact that he's going to remain a Republican. And he makes a very good point. How are we going to get the Republican Party back towards the middle and get out of this MAGA era that we are in right now? If I switch over, I can't help that anymore. Um, the Mooch is a great guy. And quite frankly, Donald Trump would have been much better off if he stayed as the uh, communications director. And he did those press conferences. Kaylee McEnany is an absolute joke. Sarah Suckabee Sanders is just a horrific human being. Uh, terrible people that lied every single day up on that podium. And I am so glad that there are Republicans out there like Anthony Scaramucci that is willing to tell the truth at any cost. And I respect the hell out of him for it. And please go on his Twitter page and tell him that. Um, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a quick break and then I'll open up the phone calls. I, I know I only took a few earlier and I'm getting some messages from people on my phone right now. Open up the phone lines again. Your thoughts on that interview with really enjoy talking to him and he's been doing my show for years and I love the guy to death. Number to call if you want to be a part of the show. 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the show, your thoughts on that interview with the Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci, who says he's going to do everything in his power to uh, make sure Trump doesn't get back into the White House. 702-221-7283. Quick break. We'll be back right after this. It's Pushing the Limits. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. 
know that 99% of air conditioning issues start with airflow issues? Well, guess what? Pioneer Air has your back. They've been operating for 20 years in the industry within the Las Vegas area. Large enough to handle all your air conditioning and heating needs, but small enough to know your first name. Pioneer Air focuses on preventative care, much like wellness checks for humans. They believe in wellness checks for air conditioning and heating systems to extend the life of the system you own. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your wellness check with Pioneer Air today. The number to call is 702-831-4840. Here's the best news. Mention this ad and you'll receive 10% off. Call Pioneer Air today. 702-831-4840. That number again, 702-831-4840. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to have uh, some more special guests. Uh, a man who is uh, represented from a media standpoint, George Santos and Jenna Ellis, among some other high dignitaries, will be joining us in studio tomorrow. And, uh, of course, we'll be covering all the breaking news that we're covering right now. Uh, Donald Trump was on the witness stand today in the Eugene Carroll case. Uh, theatrics, as usual, for Trump, where... Uh, his deplorable lawyer uh, referred to him in court as the, the, the president, Donald Trump. And then the attorney, uh, the uh, judge said, no, it's Donald J. Trump. <laughs> it's just crazy stuff. While we're covering that, Peter Navarro has been sentenced to four months in prison. What a shocker that another idiot that has worked in the Donald Trump administration and that has brown nosed him for years now is also going to jail. Charlie Kirk with his racist remarks. We asked the mooch about that, uh, saying if there's a black person that's a pilot that uh, you wonder if they're actually qualified to fly a plane. You can't really get more racist than that. Uh, and all this going on while Matt Gates is under investigation again. Mr. Venmo DUI, Matt Gates is under investigation. Uh, and uh, we're also learning that Arizona Republican Party Chair Jeff DeWitt tried to pay off Carrie Lake so that she didn't run for Senate. I mean, there is so much drama within the Republican Party right now with the MAGA Republicans. It's crazy. We're taking your phone calls. We'll do a few calls here at 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you would like to be a part of the conversation, it's 702-221-7283. 702-221-SAVE. Your thoughts on that interview we just did 30 minutes with Anthony Scaramucci. Really smart guy and uh, love picking his brain on, on, on everything going on in the world. Let's start off here with Carl. Carl, what's going on, man? Yeah, hey, Brian, buddy. I'm sorry I don't have the intellectual values that Julie has, but I'll try to, you know, I'll try to make up for that somehow. <laughs> uh, did you hear the news about Kirk? Who you were mentioning about Charlie Kirk, Some, yep. a friend of his. Yeah, a friend of his heard him. 
he uh, called for a cab. And when it got here, when it got to his home, he looked, he said, I'm not taking that cab. There's a black driver in it. You didn't hear that, did you? <laughs> you know, Carl, that's funny. But you know what? Might be true. Because what does it say, Carl? Let's be honest here. Charlie Kirk to Republicans is like, I don't know, Rachel Maddow to Democrats. Charlie Kirk to Republicans you know, is like a, a, a Rachel Maddow. And can you imagine if a Rachel Maddow, who, by the way, I don't watch her show a lot. I'm not a huge fan of Rachel yeah. Maddow. But can you imagine if Rachel Maddow made a comment like that? Like she's going yeah. on a plane and when she goes on a plane and sees a black person, uh, the first thing that enters her mind is, boy, that person might not be qualified. Republicans mm-hmm. would have heyday with that, even though many of them would probably agree with her. Charlie Kirk and, is one of the loud mouthpieces yeah. of the Republican yeah. Party. Can you be any more blatantly racist than that? Well, not only that, but Maddo would probably be uh, taking a, a release from her job. Yeah, at her, at her station, probably. Yeah, but obviously he he won't be obviously. And uh, one other thing, too, real quick about the economy. Every they're always complaining about the economy on the extreme right. Well, the Dow is at the highest it's ever been in the history of the stock market. Yeah, and people who have four hundred one ks and whatever are doing very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's such a ridiculous thing they keep picking on this guy. But when Trump makes. Uh, when he first got in uh, uh, to office, you can remember when he said the the crowd size of his inauguration was the largest in history. Well, it was proven to be the yeah. smallest. Yeah, that's they a lie. In, that's a lie. Yeah, they put in the picture they showed of him on television of his inauguration. They actually filled in uh, uh, artificial people yeah. to make it look big. Well, that's all that and, Donald, every, every, every word that comes out of this guy's mouth is a lie. Uh, Carl, it's good to hear from you. I do appreciate the call, okay. sir. Thank you so much. Take care. Take Bye. care. You too. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's quite clear. You can't, and I'm speaking to Republicans right now. I know Democrats do not support Donald Trump. I get it. Most independents don't support Trump either. I'm talking to staunch Republicans right now. You can't use the excuse, I just like his policies anymore. You can't do that. First of all, the proof is in the pudding. The policies of Joe Biden have gotten us out of this nightmare that Donald Trump left us in. And I'm talking about the economy. And the stats prove it. And I just talked to the mooch about that, who concurs. You can't use the excuse anymore that, oh, I like his policies. He cares about the border. This is exactly what the judge in the E. Jean Carroll case said earlier today. And I can't go word for word because it's too graphic. Judge Kaplan said, quote, the jury found that Mr. Trump inserted his fingers into her. And that Miss Carroll did not make up her claim. In a courtroom, a jury decided that Donald Trump is a sexual abuser. We're not talking about you MAGA Republicans out there that say, oh, Joe Biden's the pedophile. He sniffs little girl's hair. You can't look me in the eye and tell me that you're supporting Donald Trump because you like his policies anymore. Guess what? That doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. And the party that you are in. And many of you refuse to call out these people. Matt Gates, who allegedly had sex with an underage girl who was under investigation again. Peter Navarro, 
who has been sentenced to four months behind bars. Rudy Giuliani, who is a disgrace. Donald Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, who went to jail. Roger Stone, who Donald Trump had to pardon. And Mark Meadows. And Sidney Powell. And all these people. Jenna Ellis. All these people that worked around Donald Trump. Jared Kushner, who received $2.1 billion from the Saudis, and his own daughter, who received in excess of $600 million when her father was in office, a part of Donald Trump's administration. All these, all this criminality and this behavior, and even the other day, after Donald Trump won in New Hampshire, going after Nikki Haley's looks, mocking the dress that she was wearing, lying about the 2020 election. This isn't about being a Republican or Democrat, or it shouldn't be. This shouldn't be about policies here or there that you might disagree with. It shouldn't be. This should be about human decency, right and wrong. What is beneath the presidency? Attacking gold star families, attacking Mexicans because of people where they're from or telling people to go back to where they came from. Defending the Confederate flag when NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. Listen, the list goes on and on. You can't use the excuse anymore, Republicans, that I liked Donald Trump's policies and America was great when Donald Trump was in office. First of all, no, it wasn't. You know what was great? The economy that he could took over. A guy by the name of Barack Obama who took over a horrendous economy, an economy that George W. Bush left him. And in eight years, he turned it all around and he left a really good economy. To Donald Trump. How did Donald Trump leave off that economy after four years? How did that work out for the country? Don't tell me all these great things that Donald Trump did. How about the response to COVID for starters? You can't use the excuse anymore. I like some of Donald Trump's policies. Doesn't work anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't work. I don't know what's going to happen here over the course of the next several months and heading into November, but I can give you my opinion. And I know Anthony Scaramucci agrees with me. Okay. Yes, I believe that Donald Trump's political career is over. I believe that Joe Biden will be reelected for another four years. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you would like to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-SAVE is the number to call. Let's go to Patrick, who's next up on Pushing the Limits. Brian, how's it going? Hello, Patrick. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, I'll just talk about uh, Michelle Obama uh, being a great candidate. You, you like the idea of a Michelle Obama presidency. And if and when Joe Biden steps down come April or May, as there is some talk that that might happen, um, are y'all just going to throw in, her in office? I guess the super delegates are just going to nominate her, and, and there is not going to be a primary. I mean, don't we need to have a system in which the people have a choice in who their nominee is going to be? And I think that's what Julie was maybe a little concerned about or talking about. Well, here's, here's, well, I'll, I'll answer your question when it comes to Michelle Obama. I will gladly. And by the way, I don't like the idea. I love it. Um, but it's interesting because you mentioned the idea of shouldn't everybody have a say in voting? Uh, you know, shouldn't everybody have a say and, and shouldn't it be fair? But 
your guy. The, the idea is the DNC and the RNC okay. not I, picking and nominating our, our nominee like okay. they did with well, Bernie first of all, Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Well, right? first of all, there's not one person that wouldn't want Michelle Obama to run that's a Democrat. I don't speak for all Democrats, but I, I, I guess I will hear. Uh, but I do find it interesting, though, Patrick, that uh, and I don't disagree with you, but I do find it interesting that you, all of a sudden you care about people say Yet you have a guy who you voted for twice, I would assume, who still says he won the 2020 election. We have a fake electorate scheme that hits home right here in Nevada. The head of the Republican chair, Mike McDonald, who I call Ronald McDonald, was indicted. We have fake electorate schemes all over this country at the hands of Donald Trump. Where were you then when you were talking about all the people that should have a say in our democracy when Donald Trump wants to take our democracy and throw it down the garbage? Well, I'm just I'm, I'm talking about the DNC. With I they understand. Did to the, to the I don't disagree with you. About what, I, uh, the, I, the RNC I, did I, to uh, the. Let's talk about this. You don't let me let me go. I'm not talking about Ron Paul. Remember, Ron Paul, Mitt Romney. All the delegates were forced to sign a piece of paper that said yeah. when the national convention happened on the floor. Well, they Patrick, would vote for Mitt but Romney Patrick, hang on. I get it. I get what Patrick. I get what you're there's saying. A, there's a process here, okay. and, and I understand. We, we don't have a I understand there. Well, I understand that there's but you're making an assumption that somehow Joe Biden is going to bail out last second or he's going to have a health issue. Uh, I I personally believe that Michelle Obama doesn't want to be anywhere near the White House. I've actually heard that from people that are very close to her. We had Andrew Yang Mm -hmm. on the show. He's very close to the Obamas. They're friends. And he said on this show Mm -hmm. that, you know, she doesn't want to be anywhere near the White House. And I tend to agree with that. Uh, I am all in when it comes to Michelle Obama. Uh, I would I would be all for it. And I don't think there's any Democrat out there, uh, including the Bidens, that that would be against Michelle Obama uh, running for office. So I don't think that would be an issue. And I think she would destroy Donald Trump, destroy. So what, what are your thoughts on the superdelegates within the Democrat DNC primaries? Republicans don't have that. Are, are, are you you think that's a good idea? Are you OK with that? I don't really care about the delegates. Right. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I care what the overwhelming majority of people want. And I think the overwhelming majority of but, people. But how do you, <laughs> well, that, that, then you're against the superdelegate situation because the superdelegates um, supersede. It depends on the circumstance. The majority of voters in it, the primary. It depends on the circumstance. I'll tell you what I'm against. I'm against the electoral college. I'm against fixing it for Republicans. If there was no electoral college, a Republican would never see office as president. Okay. You know that, and I know that. Well, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the people have not nominated the the, uh, the presidential candidate candidate for either party. There's never been there's been a long time since we've had an actual vote on the floor where the process takes its takes its place and, and it plays out like it's supposed to. I, I hear the what RNC you're and the DNC I, are very centralized. That yeah, but this why Trump is really just a middle finger to the establishment of both sides. No, I disagree. He's not. I disagree with you. He's not a middle finger okay. to the establishment. He's a middle finger to good, hardworking uh, Americans in this country that aren't billionaires and millionaires. He's a middle finger hey, to women. He's a middle finger to people. Hey, he's a middle finger to our justice system. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm, I can give you. I'm a, talking about how the MAGA people see it and how they perceive the most. Patrick, Patrick, come on. Most of the MAGA people in this country see it as Donald Trump won the 2020 election. So I really don't care what most MAGA people think. Most MAGA people. He's not a Mitt Romney. He's not a John McCain. He's not a Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell. Patrick, I'm being respectful and I'm I'm not going to assume that you're one of the MAGA cultists out there. I'm going to be respectful here. But most of the MAGA cultists out there think that. 
drag queen reading is the biggest threat to our children, that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. They want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. They want to talk about critical race theory, but they have no solutions to the border, yet they want to blame Joe Biden for all our issues at the border. They have no understanding of the economy, yet they want to blame Joe Biden for your eggs being too much. They have no comprehension of how the economy works, how our justice system works, and they have no understanding of who the real person is who is Donald Trump. So I'm not worried about delegates. All I can tell you is this. Joe Biden's going to defeat Donald Trump. But if Michelle Obama runs, Donald Trump won't have a chance in hell of winning. Does that make sense? I can't be more clear than that. Hey, I I think she has a great chance of winning if she runs. But my my question to you is, is Shouldn't the process play out and they just don't appoint her as the next nominee for the Democrat? Well, we don't know that they would do that. We don't even know that they would do that. You're making a gross assumption, but I'm trying to answer your question to the best of my ability. How would it play out? I don't know. how. I don't know. I'm not I'm not part of the Democrat Party. I'm not part of the DNC. You'll have to ask them. But I don't think I'll tell you how I think it's going to play out. Michelle Obama is not running. She doesn't want to be anywhere near the White House. I appreciate the call, by the way, Patrick. She doesn't want to be anywhere near the White House. And it's going to be Joe Biden who's going to be reelected. That's how I think it's going to play out, Patrick. Let's go to Henry. Let's go to Henry. Henry's next on Pushing the Limits. Uh, Henry, uh, put your radio down, my friend, so I can uh, get you. We're on a little bit of a delay. Go ahead, Henry. Is that better? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Hey, so I wanted to piggyback off what your guest, Scaramucci, was saying. Yep. I do do believe people are going to vote with their wallet. With their wallet. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, come on. You know what I mean. No, I don't. I mean, tell me, Henry. You know, I'm giving you the floor here. What do you mean people are – be more specific, I guess. Well, maybe we should take some calls from some independents and see how they feel. Okay, well, I'm asking you because you called into the show. Uh, People are going to vote with their wallet. Be specific. What do you mean by that? Okay, I'm I'm in the construction industry. Okay. I'm around 60, 80, 100 men a day. I go to meetings. We all talk about certain things, including politics. Okay. Inflation's up, no matter which way you want to look actually, at it, no matter who you want to Actually, inflation's been going down since okay. 2020, so that's actually okay. factually inaccurate, and you can so tell do you, you... Order materi- do you... order Do you order construction materials? Could care less... Could, 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 that? Could, yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. I, actually, I do. Actually, would you like to listen? I actually do have facts, if you'd like to listen. Uh, inflation was at a 9% high two years ago. It's now a little under 4%. So I don't need to hear about what construction materials you're buying and anecdotal evidence from a few MAGA friends of yours like yourself. The bottom line is inflation was at 9%. It's now down to 3.7%. And I'm sorry if you don't like facts, sir. I could care less what industry you work in. Those are actual facts, and they're not published by George Soros. So I'm sorry if you can't spell the word fact. The NASDAQ is up high. OK, uh, that's the that's the bottom line. Unemployment rate is at an all time low over 50 year all time low. Inflation is nine percent to three point seven percent. So what I think you should do, sir, is I think you should brush your tooth tonight, go to sleep and then tomorrow morning, learn how to spell the word fact. I could care less what industry you're in. Take one more call before we go to break. Let's go to Roy. Roy is next. What's up, Roy? How you doing, Brian? I'm doing okay. Go ahead. What a lot of people fail to realize is that tax cut caused a lot of the inflationary problem. When large businesses all of a sudden are paying 21% instead of 35%, think about some of the big companies that make billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Look at just ExxonMobil, for example. Yep. If they go and make $100 billion profit, Okay, they're saving 140 
$140 million in taxes by that tax cut. And you've got all these companies doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what they're all doing is they say, hey, we got to keep raising prices and raising prices because this ain't going to last forever. So they're taking advantage of it right now. That, yeah. along with the pandemic, yes. which messed up the supply chain, sure. screwed things up. But Roy, and, but, but, but Roy I, I get uh, befuddled a little bit when somebody calls in and they want to make the claim that inflation is so high because I work in the construction industry and I have a few MAGA friends and I order, I don't know, bricks or concrete and they're high. <laughs> So I'm going to make the claim that your inflation numbers aren't telling the truth. It's just how do you have a conversation with somebody like that? There's no point in bothering because it's absurd. you can't change their mind. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, you, you you got to realize what you're dealing with. These people, and and then you look at the Republican. First off, the whole primary scenario is is a joke. Number one, and the all these idiot Republicans in Congress and the Senate, yeah, who are supporting Donald Trump. This is why you have to have term limits. They're oh, all absolutely right. Job. Right, you they are can't stand I, the man. You, I'm on board with what you are saying, a hundred and fifty percent, my friend. Roy, I'm up against a break. Uh, I appreciate. I appreciate your call, my friend, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, I lied. Let's take one more quick phone call before we go to break. Uh, let's go to uh, Lori. Lori's next. Hi, Lori. Hi, I'll be quick. Okay, thank you, uh, Henry. Today, the United States was just given an A-plus economy rating, A-plus, with a footnote. The footnote said, this may be the best economy the United States of America has ever seen. But, Lori, I work in the construction industry, and you don't order <laughs> concrete like I do in bricks. Is, and I have a few MAGA... Right, which is booming, though. Yeah, I, I, it's exa- booming, I so know. of course the prices are going to go but, up. But, Lori... Worker greed. I know, but, Lori, a couple <laughs> of my friends disagree with you that work in construction. You don't work in construction, so I must be right, and you must be wrong. Lori, I'm not making this up. This is the way this guy thinks. I mean... I, I know, I know. It's, it's but absurd. He does, they, they're so unintelligent... That yeah. they don't realize that because of this boom, yeah. these people are out there and profiteering off of that boom by yeah. raising their prices astronomically yeah. because, hey, they can get away with it. I think the only boom was when Henry got hit in the head on the job, and, and I think he lost <laughs> I think he lost some brain cells. Uh, Lori, thank you for giving us actual facts, which I always appreciate, oh. and I appreciate you calling in, Lori. Thank you so much. Thanks for the laugh. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, Laurie. Uh, She's great. All right. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning into the show for the first time or you're a fan of the show, we're here Monday through Friday, noon to two. (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe you're watching on the Occupy Democrats feed. Click on that subscribe button on Occupy Democrats. It's a cup of coffee, five bucks a month, and you get more content from yours truly extra stuff. We're going to do some uh, stuff on Occupy tomorrow after the show. Uh, Please do that. You can also follow me on my socials, which is at PTL Radio Show on X, on TikTok, on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe for free there as well. Appreciate all of you. Tomorrow, a guy that has represented George Santos and Jenna Ellis. He's going to be joining us in studio. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of questions for him. He's also an author. Uh, He's going to be joining us in studio tomorrow, and we'll have all the latest, of course, um, on that. We're going to continue our show on the other side from a sports perspective uh, with uh, longtime NBA player and coach Paul McCaskey is going to be joining us in studio next. If you want to continue, watch on the AMFM dial or on my personal YouTube page, which is at PTL Radio Show. Take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Pine Hollow Winery is the first and only boutique winery in the Las Vegas city limits that features its own handcrafted wines. Located on the west side just minutes from the Strip at 7018 West Charleston, Pine Hollow Wines are available for tasting by the glass, bottle, or for carryout. Peach lovers pick up a bottle of the Warm Fuzzy, which is a sweet Chardonnay-style wine made with peach and apricots. Visit PineHollowWinery.com for their events, wine menu, and hours. That's PineHollowWinery.com. Did you know that 99% of air conditioning issues start with airflow issues? Well, guess what? Pioneer Air has your back. They've been operating for 20 years in the industry within the Las Vegas area. Large enough to handle all your air conditioning and heating needs, but small enough to know your first name. Pioneer Air focuses on preventative care, much like wellness checks for humans. They believe in wellness checks for air conditioning and heating systems to extend the life of the system you own. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your wellness check with Pioneer Air today. The number to call is 702-831-4840. Here's the best news. Mention this ad and you'll receive 10% off. Call Pioneer Air today. 702-831-4840. That number again, 702-831-4840. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits, the fastest growing radio show in the Valley. And now we've expanded our reach to include live stream ads on social media with over 20,000 daily views. So are you ready to take your business to the next level? Then get in on the action. Our team will put together the right ad package for you that meets your business needs. So what are you waiting for? Send us an email, sales at ptlradioshow.com. That's sales at ptlradioshow.com and reach your target audience while maximizing the advertising impact of your business. That email again, sales at ptlradioshow.com. That's sales at ptlradioshow.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back. It is pushing the limits on a Thursday. It's always fun when the big fellow, Paul McKeskey, plays the uh, air drums. Yes. Here, I got a gift for you. Open that up. Oh, well, can I introduce you properly first, sure. Stephen? Jeez. Sure. Give me a I mean, break. we have a... a f- I don't know. We only have 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, well, thanks to all the, the, the callers who called in. Uh, next time, I'll tell them, go home. Don't call in. Yes. Because Who's more the, important, your friend? Mo, Paul McKeskey's Mo? more important, okay, but uh, but he... I made him wait for 10 minutes today, but I appreciate the uh, 11-year NBA veteran and uh, 12-year NBA veteran. I always get that wrong. And 20-year uh, professional coach, Paul McKeskey, 23, joining us, <laughs> <laughs> joining us in studio. Why are you drinking the Coca? That, that's not good for you, Mo. It's going <laughs> to yeah, make you dehydrated. Yeah, it is. What are you doing? Good. All right. Good well, I appreciate you being here, Mo, and we have a lot of NBA basketball to talk about. But before we do that, you brought me a gift to open you. up. I brought you a gift, yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Is it um, a bunch of Paul McKeskey rookie cards that you can sign for? Me? Nope, would never do that. Wow, look ever. at this! It's got the bow and it, like yep. like this is like uh, yeah. this is really nice. It here. looks like a, a wow a alcohol. Bottle. This isn't a sex gadget, is it? Because the AVN Awards are in town this week. It, it could be. I'm, okay, I'm, all right, I'm I'll just, open it up. You could probably it. use it as one if you wanted, <laughs> or someone could if you wanted. It would work that way, I guess. <laughs> oh wow, I'm excited. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. It's a it's a Donald Trump bobblehead that says, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, so you can interview him and shake his head. Are you a, are you a liar? Yes. Are you? <laughs> can, I, can I say this, though? That face does not look like Donald Trump. No, it looks a lot better. It looks yeah. like a movie star or something. <laughs> and his waistline is way too skinny. Well, of course, it's made by MAGA people. So yeah. <laughs> that's what it's going to look like. I think that's what he would look like if he was 6'2 and 220 pounds. That's what he would look like. Yeah, I would uh, – what we need is we need like uh, – no, I won't say that because people will get offended so by it. I have to stop to myself there. desk every day, so – It will be. I, I will be. I'll bring it in with me every day so people will think I'm a MAGA supporter when they come in. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you, Mo. I appreciate so, that. So when you start to get red and explode in the head, just <laughs> shake that doll. I will. I will, actually. <laughs> All right, Mo, let's get right down to it. The biggest story of the week, certainly uh, from an NBA standpoint. And gosh, we, we could talk a lot of NFL as well. But um, let's start with the firing of Adrian Griffin. Now, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't surprise me one bit. They have a very good record. They've only lost 13 games, I think, this year. But as I've told you on and off the air, uh, there was a some sort of uh, distance between players and, and Griffin. When I was sitting literally on the bench, I was literally sitting on the Bucks bench. What access uh, for the games here. And um, Thank you, Vivica. Yeah, Vivica. Thanks to Vivica Fox. <laughs> but like, I just felt like there was a communication barrier between guys on the team. They, I don't know if it was a respect thing or a personal thing, obviously, but I can tell you, and I told you this, there's something going on there. Why was, as a former Buck, why was Adrian Griffin fired? Well, I think that's part of it. You just, you saw it firsthand and that was early. And, uh, you know, he's 30 and 13, the best record of any coach ever to be fired during the season. So, wow. you know, but, uh, you know, their goal, the Bucks goal is to, uh, is to, you know, win a championship, get to the finals. And, uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, the ownership and the general manager, the front office saw that they weren't gelling. They, 
they were winning games they were supposed to win, but by barely, by against bad teams. And they were struggling against good teams. And they know they've had the best record, easiest record, easiest schedule in the NBA so far. And it's going to get harder. And, uh, you know, they saw something they didn't like. I told you this months ago when uh, uh, Terry Stotts left the team for whatever reason. It wasn't said. But uh, Terry Stotts is a f- uh, former head coach of Portland Trailblazers, been around the game a long time. And I think he felt what was going on. And, uh, you know, I have two things about that. Number, number one, uh, you know, uh, Adrian Griffin is a friend of mine. You know, I, I don't know him. I you coached, coached him. I coached yeah. him in Dallas. Um, you know, he's a great guy, but, uh, you know, and, uh, let's, but let's, and maybe he wasn't communicating well enough. Maybe the players didn't respect him well enough. Who's that on the players, by the way? Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe things weren't going great. And, uh, being a head coach in the NBA, you gotta, you gotta be able to, um, deal with egos and stars and, and they have a lot of say. Let's, let's, let's say, uh, a, uh, uh, Giannis has a lot to do with this. Giannis was in on all the head coaching interviews this summer. He'd vetoed a couple, uh, uh, NBA coaches they didn't want to play for. One was Nick Nurse, who's doing pretty well right now. So he has a lot of, uh, uh, responsibility for this. He wanted, uh, Griffin. He got Griffin. And then when Griffin was there, for whatever reason, he didn't want to listen to him or, you know, didn't respect him. And that's on, uh, Giannis. Because if Giannis doesn't do it, who wanted him, then no one else is going to do it. And then it snowballs. And if you lose the, um, the locker room in that level, you got a problem. And I've always told people, you know, if you're going to be the uh, head coach, even in the G League or whatever, the players have to respect you. You have to be able to hold them accountable and you got to know what the hell you're doing because they'll see right off the bat. But then the bottom line is, especially at the NBA level, NBA teams, players have to let you coach them. So if they don't let you coach them, they can do whatever they want. They make 20, 30, 40, $50 dollars a year. So they can tell you literally during practice, go jump in a lake in, in, you know, not as nice terms. And there's not much you can do about it. So, uh, you know, I just think it was, it, it turned out to be a bad fit. You put a, a new head coach into a, a team that with great high expectations. But the bottom line is, you know, the players, it's their responsibility to respond. And if they weren't happy with the uh, defensive uh, accountability or the offensive schemes, uh, someone like Giannis or Lillard could have gone to him in his office, closed the door and said, Hey coach, we think we need to do this or why don't we look at that? And he would have done it in my opinion, unless his ego got to him, but you know, and uh, what they did last night, and I'm not sure if this, what it, what it was, have you seen a video I of did, their pregame? Yeah. Yeah. To me, to me, and I'm a former coach of 23 years, to me, that looked like players dancing on the grave of their former head coach. That's exactly what that was. And that's why I say, and I, again, I'm a guy that hasn't been to any Milwaukee Bucks practices. It's the first game where I actually went there in person. I just happened to be literally on the bench. And, and I told you this. I felt it. There was tension between the players and even the assistant coaches, I, I, they weren't talking a lot. And this was a big basketball game. This was the midseason tournament semifinal game that I was watching, right? And I noticed that all these guys coming in, coming out, 
There was no interaction with Adrian Griffin. And I said to myself, the opposite of what I saw on the other side with Rick Carlisle. And I said to myself, there's something going on here. And it was really, really strange. Now, what do you make of the hire? Well, first of all, and uh, I've talked to <laughs> I've talked to some people in Milwaukee. You know, I, I saw people there. Here's, here's number one, Doc Rivers. Don't let don't let me forget to tell you what where a friend of mine saw uh, Adrian Griffin uh, last yesterday morning. But before that, um, you know, Doc Rivers actually has been a special assistant to the Milwaukee Bucks for the last month and a half. So uh if you're the Milwaukee, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they probably made that determination already. Well, I think they brought him in to help, but at some point you you're not going to make a decision like this and firing a head coach who's 30 and 13, second in the East, uh without having a backup and knowing what you're doing. You're mm -hmm. not going to just say, "Okay, right. Joe Prunty, you're going to be the uh interim coach for the next season." Right. You're not going to do that. So you have to have uh, you know, a backup plan or a plan A, and it doesn't go through uh, the general manager, the owner of the Bucks, and Doc Rivers. It goes through general manager, owner of the Bucks, and Doc Rivers' agent. And then the the talking probably happened, and then they probably brought it up. Hey, uh, if this happened, would you? Uh, do? You know that kind of conversation, and uh, because. No one comes to agreement on a, uh, what I hear is a $40 million contract. Right. Overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was there the, the night, the night it happened and the more, and morning after he was signed. So, uh, yeah, I think, and, uh, I've told you this before. Professional, uh, coaching is a bad, is a cutthroat, tough business and guys get fired and hired and people backstab people. I've been backstabbed. I've seen people get backstabbed. And it's just a vicious kind of business to be in. And I think it's worse now than it's ever been just because it's such a player's league. And, and um, you know, here's something interesting, though, uh, in regards sort of to what we're talking about, in regards to, you know, just a, a different era. What do you make of this story? I don't know if you heard this uh, since the Super Bowl. Let is... me tell you, Adrian. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Before go I forget. Ahead. Yeah. Sure, sure. So uh, I called a friend of mine. Uh, when I saw this happen and, uh, uh, he called me back a little while later and he goes, Cause I went to Padua, uh, casino that's downtown in Milwaukee. Padua. Padua. It's got Padua bingo casino or something. And, uh, he goes, I, I went to blackjack table and I'm playing blackjack at 10 in the morning and I look across the table and there's Adrian Griffin. <laughs> and I'm th he goes, I'm thinking, shouldn't he be at practice right now? So that was a sign of things to come. <laughs> oh, boy. He was gambling. Yeah, that's actually very funny. An escape for Adrian uh, Griffin. By the way, before I, I, I switch topics, uh, Giannis, uh, in regards to Adrian Griffin, is quoted as saying, I love the guy. I invited him to my wedding. I talked with him. Uh, I was coached by him. We did very, very, very well. Now, obviously, what somebody says publicly and, and how he feels privately or speaks privately could be two different things. I like Giannis. I always have, but um, so we don't know. But yeah, in my opinion, and uh, hey, hey, Giannis, then why don't you back him up? You love him so much. Why don't you back him up and have his back? Because if Giannis said, "You're not, don't fire him. We're going to play better." He would still be there. So, I agree. Co so come on, man. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I agree with what you're saying, Mo. Yeah. That makes complete sense. What do you make of this story, too? Um, so apparently Michael Jordan was offered $100 million to record a 30-second commercial with LeBron James, and he turned it down. That would have run for the Super Bowl. And he said, you couldn't pay me a billion dollars. 
I'm not doing anything with that guy because he's nothing but a big crybaby. Wow. What do you make of this story? Well, the first thing I make is Michael Jordan has more money than God if he turns that down. But that's which still he does. a lot of money. Yeah, but still, he makes over two hundred fifty million dollars a year to this day. Okay, just so Nike. you're you're giving him you're giving him a six month salary to yeah. work for a couple hours. Yeah, which is I'm my, still surprised he didn't do it. Yeah, and but there, I mean, I you know uh, I don't like you very much, but for a hundred million, I'd do a commercial with you. But uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's I mean to to make that decision. Yeah, there has to be something deeper. Than uh, you know what he's letting on. Something happened, in, in you know, family wise, or he thinks uh, some uh, LeBron said something through somebody that you I know something like that. I could speculate. That's my job to do is speculate. <laughs> um, I think it's no more than Michael Jordan and his ego, because a lot of people are now entering the conversation. Is Michael Jordan? I, I'm not one of those people, but is Michael Jordan the best player of all time? Uh, you know, LeBron is going to surpass Michael Jordan. And I think that bothers Michael Jordan more than it would bother other people. So I think for him, and you might be right, it could be something that we have no idea, uh, could very well be the case. I just think it's Michael Jordan and his ego, uh, you know, the goat, who's the true goat. Uh, and I also believe Michael Jordan that he doesn't respect some things about LeBron James because of the era that we are living in. Yeah. And every single time LeBron goes to the basket, if he gets touched, he cries for a foul. Yeah, so, so in that aspect, yeah. I do think LeBron James yeah, is a crybaby. He, he's sitting there going, how would LeBron James hold up to the bad boys of Detroit? Yeah, Pistons? yeah. Right, right. And, uh, you know, here, I'll throw this speculation out there because that's what I do. <laughs> uh, what about if the commercial uh, essentially was a, a goat commercial about who is the goat? And in the end of that commercial, Ooh. it says that LeBron is. What about that? You know, you never know what type of commercial they were going to do. And maybe Michael Jordan uh, didn't lead us on to, to tell us that. But that could also oh, be and the Didn't case. LeBron do the next uh, Looney Tunes? Yes, uh, he did. What's that movie called? Yeah, I know what you're talking Was about. The, the cartoon. Yeah, Space Jam. Space Jam, yeah, <laughs> yeah. MJ did the first one. <laughs> he did the second yeah, one. Yeah, well, listen. Which wasn't as good. Even for Michael <laughs> Jordan, $100 million yeah. is a lot of money. Yeah. So there has to be some real reasoning behind it. Uh, and it is interesting because I remember it's such a different era and the era that you played, if you remember, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were great rivals. But, you know, they also, even in the heat of their battles in the, in the uh, mid to late 80s, they still filmed those very famous commercials together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and they were, with Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Who, who and, they don't like. But yeah. they were able to get along. Mm -hmm. They were away from the court. They were able to make money and uh, and they were able to... You know, at least get along. And listen, Bird and Magic are friends now. They talk. They're very cordial to one another. I just feel like it's so different. I mean, Bird and and and, and even Julius Irving, or they, they they strangled each other in a fight. I know this. You know, but Doctor J's a really good guy. He's a class and, and guy. Larry Bird's a strange goat. He's, he's I, a weird dude. But, and Brian, I think a lot of it, well, so, a lot of it might have to do with how much social media there is now. Yes. So sure. now you have TikTok and Insta and all this stuff, and now everything gets out. And 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 in my opinion. Like uh, 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 these, play a lot of these players. I mean, you saw Luca get mad at a fan and kick him out of the game last night for for giving him crap for not getting back on defense. Come on, man, he's a fan. That's what they do. But yeah, I don't now, like that. Players are so sensitive now, yeah. and they get all sensitive about stuff. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, thank goodness no one told me any bad stuff when I was playing <laughs> in the in the Boston Garden or the. We Chicago. know they said they did. <laughs> I agree with you, and and I. And I've uh, criticized uh, Westbrook. You know, some people they call him Westbrook, and somehow that's reason for you to want to beat up a fan or something. I mean, it's just it's just absurd. Let me ask you this: 
in the last 20 years of your life, have you ever run into a former player or coach that you had to work with that, you know, it was not cordial and they ignored you or it wasn't pleasant? Um, I, I can't think of it. I, I would say no. And there's guys that, you know, you, you know how I played and, and, you know, I was physical and, but I was never cheap. So, you know, that goes beyond when, uh, you know, you risk someone losing their career. And so I was never that, but a lot of guys didn't like me when I played, but, uh, you know, they respected me. Mm-hmm. And I can say even the, there's a couple guys that I didn't, I didn't never respect it, don't like. But even in such scenarios with the retired players association or a golf tournament, you know, we were cordial. We were, we were never like, uh, you know, ignore or, you know, handshakes, not, you know, a handshake instead of a handshake hug or something like that. But no, I can't really say that. It's very different now. Sensitivity. Uh, there are extreme situations and I don't blame Larry Bird for this, but, uh, you know, Larry Bird will not talk to Bill Beer and vice versa. There are a few exceptions. I can't imagine that Michael Jordan would share pleasantries with Isaiah Thomas. Um, I think there are certain, and by the way, Isaiah is like the nicest guy and you played with him. He's just the nicest guy. Magic and Isaiah had a thing for a while, but now they've come together. Why do you think that is with Isaiah Thomas? Just uh, the competitive nature of him or because I've met him obviously different for somebody like me just going up to him and talking to him but i just see the way he is with people he seems like a very personable guy yeah and i was and he had nothing but nice things to say about you by the way i spoke with him at uh the aces game last year and he when i brought up your name his eyes lit up oh <laughs> yeah. tell, tell I, him I said I. and i know he said mrs mo too because she yeah. loves linda and yeah. you know i i was in detroit you know it was i think my third year in the league when he was a rookie yep and, you know, I could tell he's going to be something special right off the bat, not only playing wise, but leadership wise and mm-hmm. that kind of guy, competitive wise. I mean, who freaking almost breaks his ankle and then scores 22 in the fourth quarter of a Laker playoff game? But, uh, you know, I, I think some people that are like that, you could put Magic, Bird, MJ, all those guys, Isaiah, they're so competitive and so uh, focused and will do anything to win. Pretty much, almost yeah. anything that sometimes they get rubbed wrong and they're just, you know, but, uh, you know, the bird, you, you know, the bird and Lambeer thing was kind of, you know, they had like freaking, if you watch some of that video, it was There's brutal. a difference between what you did as a player at times. And there were times where you had beef with guys and, and a hard fall, right? You, you bring your hand down and you maybe you, you, you clock him in the head or something. And you know, it's not going to end somebody's career. Your neck might be a little sore the next day <laughs> at worst case scenario. Right. But Bill Lambeer, and this is a fact, and you know, this intentionally, put his feet under players when they were shooting jump shots, trying to roll their ankles. You could, you could tear your Achilles. Bill Lane Beard did that sort of stuff. There is no denying it. And when you are that type of player, um, I'm sorry, but you lose a lot of respect. Was Lane Beard a tough player under the basket? Physical? Sure. Was he a, a guy that everybody wanted on your team? Sure. But uh, not the nicest guy in the world. Maybe you wanted him when the game started, but maybe you didn't want to travel with him on the team bus and on the planes. <laughs> yeah, but like, and then you go like past that light. So Dennis Rodman was part of those teams against the Bulls, right? Right, right. The Jordan rules. But then Dennis Rodman went to the Bulls and won championships with Michael Jordan. Yep. You know, so that, that, like you say, it's different. Like if 
Bill Lambeer would have came to the Celtics. I mean, I don't, I don't see that working out. I don't think that would have worked out at all. It was interesting because Jordan and Pippen and, and, and even Phil Jackson, they talked about, you know, when Rodman had that stint with the Chicago Bulls and they had to work really, really hard to make sure he showed up to practices. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and you know what? Who Jack Haley, rest his soul. Mm, you remember Jack Haley? Of course I do. Yeah. That's Jack Haley's Former job. Former Piston, right? Didn't he play for the Pistons he, for a while? Wherever Dennis Rodman yeah. played, he played. He played for the Spurs too because he was, Dennis Rodman respected him, listened to him. And it was his job to get him to practice or at least call the coaches and tell them, well, uh, Dennis, Dennis is in Vegas right now. He won't be at practice, so prepare for that. But, yeah, it was difficult. And But they're in a situation where, you know, they won championships and Jordan and Pippen were the, the keys and everybody else kind of blended in. And they could, you know, but even they couldn't, you know, get him back on time uh, when he went to Vegas uh, during the playoffs. Yeah, that <laughs> was he, wild. He, you know, he, yep. you know, I'll be back in uh, 48 hours and where's Dennis? He's not here. But, uh, yeah, different. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. Uh, as far as the NBA, as far as uh, what's going on right now, nothing really has changed as far as record-wise, not to a, a huge extent. The playoff picture, for the most part, the same as it was last time we spoke. I mean, listen, the Boston Celtics, are, in my opinion, are still the best team in the league. But uh, you look at the Lakers missing LeBron James. When LeBron is not out there, they're just a completely different team. And rightfully so, LeBron's one of the best to ever play the game. But um, with that said, have you seen anything different since last time we spoke that would lead you to believe otherwise? Well, uh, first of all, uh, someone scored 70 points in the game. Yes. Uh, yes. We and, should talk uh, about that. And, you know, so that's something. And then uh, someone else scored 62. Three, I think, or uh -huh. two, the wrong way, and my friend, uh, fellow coach Chris Finch, went off on him in a in a, a press conference. So, uh, you know, that was a big, and that was in the same night. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you know that was something that I think people got a, a a view of the NBA that like a lot of people don't see. Like, you know, well, he scored seventy, but he did it the right way, and their team won. And the other uh, person scored. 63 and they all did it wrong and coach finch called them out in the press conference it was a disgrace it was an embarrassment you know and uh they disrespected the game and you know what's funny about interesting about that is and i know chris finch really well and he's one of the brilliant minds i've ever been around but he's straightforward and when they went back in the uh locker room after the after he said that and uh, they went to Anthony Towns and said, this is what he said. Are you surprised? And he said, no. That's what he told us in the locker room after the game. <laughs> so, but it gives you an insight of what go really goes on. Right. I, see, I love that. I love coaches that are willing to do it. So here's something that I really wasn't able to talk about last couple of days. We had some su such busy news days, and I haven't had a chance to talk UNLV basketball very much. I like Kevin. Kevin's a really nice guy. I I've always rooted for Kevin. Um, this isn't working out. And I say that even though they have a couple nice wins. They had a nice win in New Mexico. They played well against Colorado State on the road. Uh, they beat Boise State on the road. But um, you lose to Air Force, and you get blown out by Air Force on your home court. Air Force is a well-coached team. I believe their coach used to coach Princeton. He's a, he's a good coach. Uh, they don't even have, in my opinion, 10% of the talent, though, that UNLV has. They got some shooters. And when you allow them to shoot the way they did and blow out a team at the Thomas and Mack Center with about 4,000 people there, um, even Marvin Menzies didn't allow that to happen. TJ Otzelberger didn't allow that to happen. Dave Rice didn't allow that to happen. You get blown out at home by Air Force. It was such an embarrassing loss. And listen, I'm sure they'll come back and they'll beat a bad San Jose State team on the road. Uh, they've got some easy games coming up, or although no game, I guess, is easy. But when they say after the game, after they get blown out, Mo, on their home court by Air Force, 
that they weren't, you know, they, they didn't take it seriously enough. And they're a 500 team to begin with. Who do you blame? Uh, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, and I noticed, like, uh, afterwards, the press conference that Coach had, you know, he seemed disheveled and, and kind of like, uh, you know, I kind of don't know where to go with this thing. And the players felt the same way. And, uh, you know, we overlooked them. You're a 500 team. How can you overlook anybody? That's right. ridiculous. Exactly. So how, how many years has he been there as the coach? This is his third year. So he was 18 and 14, 19 and 13, and now he's nine and nine. Right. So he's never got to the 20 win. And for those of you out there that don't understand college basketball, you schedule wins. You have 10 to 12 games you schedule. You pay play teams to come in that you beat, and then you go into the conference and try to do the best you can. So you can schedule 20 wins in a season, and they've never got to 20 wins. Right. And uh, that's a problem. And, you know, f for uh, UNLV hasn't been in the spotlight for basketball or football till this year, mm -hmm. and basketball for a long, long time. Yep. And they're, uh, you know, I've lived in, in, in Vegas for six years now, and I knew this coming in, but I know it more now than ever. Vegas fans want winners. They respect winners. So you have to win. So, uh, you know, it's not looking very good, um, you know, for, for coach there. No. Uh, but they have to be very, very careful who they bring in. Well, that's going to be a big decision. I, I'll tell you this. I have a lot more confidence in Eric Harper than the Joker, Desiree Reed Francois, uh, who completely clueless with her, some of her hires. But, um, except the women's basketball coach. Well, that was obviously a really good hire. Yeah. But she also hired T.J. Otzelberger, who never wanted to be here. He's doing very well at Iowa State, but he never, wanted, coach. never wanted to be here, though. You don't right. hire somebody that never wanted to be here. And then the, 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 the hire that she'll always be known for, in my eyes, is, is Marcus Arroyo, who is an absolute disgrace as a head coach here at UNLV football. Um, so with that being said, um, embarrassing loss, eye-opening embarrassing loss. It wasn't just a loss. It was an eye-opening embarrassing loss. And what's even more disappointing is we see what this team is capable of. They beat Creighton. Creighton's a pretty good basketball team, right? They They're were like able, eight at the time. Yeah, they were able to beat New Mexico at home, blew them out. They beat Boise State on the road, and they were winning most of the game against a, a very good Colorado State team on the road. So we know how capable this team is. Yet their inconsistencies and their lack of urgency when the game starts against the Air Force, mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. Yeah, that goes to systems you have in place, offensive and defensive. Yeah. What defensive systems? How do you play the pick and roll? Do you play zone? Do you work on that in practice? Do you hold players accountable for playing defense and rebounding and offense? Are you putting the players in the best situations to score? Yeah. If they're a shooter, you need to get them open for a shot. If they're drivers, you need the floor open so they can drive. If you're a post-up guy, get them the ball in the post. Yeah. So. All that is important, but the most important thing is holding the players accountable yeah. in film sessions and practice that, listen, we're going to do, and I'm telling you, if I'm in his shoes, I'm laying down the line. We're going to do things my way. If you don't want to, then get out of the way. I'll find somebody else. Uh, Kevin's not that guy, Mo. You mm. are. You are. Kevin's not that guy. Um, and that's why, in part, it's not working out. Kevin's a super nice. I love his family. Great guy. Um, but Lon took more of that approach. You're going to do things my way. He's older school. Yeah, Kevin, nice guy. I'm rooting for him. He's he, in a tough spot. He used to be in the old days, right? When you recruit a player, you're the nicest you know, head, head coach. And yeah. He's a nice, nice. And then when you get on campus, yeah. I remember I was in shock. I'm yeah. like, who are you? 
you're not the guy that was trying to get me here. Yeah. You're trying to tell me to do this and that, and you're yelling at me. Here's my four coaches, Mo. <laughs> Jay Wright, don't know if you'd be interested, but worth a shot. Oh, Bobby Huggins would take it in a heartbeat. I know Larry Eustachie would take it in a heartbeat, and Paul McKeskey. There's my four uh, right there. Reggie Theus. Uh, I would be okay with that. We with me with me as his uh, Oh, system. boy, would I love that. I would endorse that 100%. Mo, always great to have you here, my friend. Enjoy uh, your gift, man. I, I it's looking over your shoulder from I, now I on. I appreciate my MAGA gift. Thank you so much. Always good to have Mo on the show. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week. Anthony Scaramucci, I appreciate him joining us as well. See you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day.